Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Power Women in Insurance podcast. Today, we're talking with Michelle Schaefer out of Oklahoma City, and we are really, really pumped today to be able to talk to her. She is actually a farmer's agent, and we are going to be talking about her insurance journey and all things that make her the amazing power woman that she is today. So Michelle and I actually connected on Facebook. She has an amazing story. So I'm just going to jump right in there, Michelle, with you, and I just want to hear your story about how you got into insurance. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I was really excited to do this. And 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 I, I do a whole speech called, if you want to hear God laugh, you tell him your plans. And so this is just kind of a, a very, you know, condensed Reader's Digest version of that. But um, I grew up in a really small town. The folks from Oklahoma will know it as Okarchi, land of the famous fried chicken. Um, and I, my, there was 37 people in my graduating class. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so really, really small town. Um, I got a degree in advertising. I worked for 10 years for a nonprofit doing all kinds of stuff, advertising and marketing and, and membership campaigns. And this was, I'm old, I'm old. So this was back in the days we, we didn't have a fax machine. Of course, there was no internet, there was no computers. Um, so it was, it was true guerrilla marketing. You had to call people, you had to mail out press releases, or you had to get in the car and go see somebody if you wanted to market to them. So one day I went to a meeting and saw an Apple Macintosh computer and I came back to the office and said, hey, the secretaries can do this, you know, for word processing, I can do newsletters and publications. And they said, okay, we'll, we'll get this. So they literally took away the typewriters and set down the computers and said, okay, here's kind of how you do this. And, you know, you might as well have said, hey, Teresa, go fly the space shuttle today. Yeah. yeah. We just had no idea. Nobody had right. any idea. So they all kind of looked at me and went, you got us into this. And so I, I had just had a baby. And so while he was up crying with colic, I was reading computer manuals and I, I figured it out. It just, it just talked to me. So eventually people started calling me and saying, can you do my newsletter and can you design my business cards? And I, I was kind of seeing the handwriting on the wall that I wouldn't get to be at this place much longer. So I bought my own little Apple Macintosh computer and my own laser printer, which at the time was like $3,500. Yeah. Yeah. So it was crazy expensive. So I was really one of the first people in Oklahoma city to have a desktop publishing company. Um, back in the days when, you know, you went to the yellow pages for everything, there was, it was just our computer services. And so I made Southwestern Bell create a category for, you know, computer wow. publishing. So it, it just, you know, was, was just totally f- new frontier. Um, so I started my own desktop publishing company. I owned a telephone book called the Women's Yellow Pages. We put on these huge networking events. And again, you know, it was just guerrilla marketing. There was no social media. There was no phones. There was, you just had to get out in the trenches and really work to, to promote yourself. So eventually I lost all my clients because everybody started getting computers. And so the <laughs> software became cheap, became easy and the computers became cheap. But then a funny thing happened. People would call me and say, okay, this isn't as easy as it looks. Will you come and train us? And I went, ding, light bulb, so I can be a computer trainer. So I was just going to people's 
houses and their offices and saying, you know, what do you need to know? And, you know, looking back, I had to have been insane because that's, we kept all of our schedules in a planner and the planner was with me. So if I had gone to somebody's house and they'd have conked me over the head and put me in their basement, nobody would know. (laughs) So, so that, you know, that I was kind of struggling then because at the time I was, I was single um, I was homeless. I was sleeping on my sister's couch, had this little six-year-old kid just praying, you know, God, you know, send me a sign. And so people kept calling me and saying, where can I buy this? And you know, who does that? And I thought, you know, I used to own a phone book. I know all these people. So I went to all these little companies and said, can I just be your commission only salesperson? And wow. so I was brokering printing. I was selling ad specialties, music on hold. I mean, literally anything I could make a commission on. And I I just kept praying, you know, God send me a sign. And so I had a contract with um, a church in downtown Oklahoma City. And I was doing some computer, some database work for him. And I was there on a Monday morning at nine o'clock. And I was there on a Tuesday morning at nine o'clock. And on Tuesday afternoon, a lady from my church called and said, would you come help me with my computer tomorrow morning? And I went, yeah, they don't care what time I get there. So on Wednesday, nine o'clock, April 19th of 1995. Oh, wow. I was 30 miles away in Edmond instead of sitting at a window facing the Murrow Federal Building. So I thought, okay, God. Right. (laughs) Right. So that, that was very powerful because I, I would have been there. And, yeah. and in fact, I was thinking if I went a few minutes early, I had a print job going on in the journal record building, which was basically ground zero of that explosion. I'd have probably run over there to check on my print job. So it was literally the hand of God. In fact, this lady likes to say, you know, she, she saved my life because she literally yeah. reached out and kept me from being there. So. Wow. A couple of weeks later, um, I'd sold something to the farmer's recruiter. And she said, you know, who do you know who'd like to have unlimited income? Women-owned business would be good, you know, in, in, in your town where you live. Um, and I said, well, what about me? You know, I could probably do this. So I, I called all my family. And coincidentally, they were already with farmers, every one of them. Uh-huh. I was the only one not with farmers. And what's really bizarre is I had gone into the Allstate agency that was in my building where I am now and bought insurance. So <laughs> it, just, it was just a full circle thing. So, you know, the first night of insurance class, well, first they say, they said, okay, you know, you need all these licenses, go, go get these licenses. And so I studied and studied for months and I walked in on one day and took like seven tests. Oh so goodness. I come in, slap the test results down on the desk and they went, oh, we meant one at a time. Nobody does. <laughs> well, I did. I did. Here's my licenses. So, so the first night of insurance class, they said, okay, you know, bring a list of 25 people that you know. Well, I published a phone book. I knew hundreds of people. So that's how I started my agency. We, we smiled and dialed from six to nine, four nights a week. And I would just call people and say, I'm thinking about doing this. Can I practice on you? And they, they were kind enough to say yes. And I have a lot of those people still today, 25 years later. So wow, this was amazing. Wow. Wow. Well, you, you know, well, farmers has really changed a lot in 25 years too. The, the insurance industry itself. I mean, I've been in for 18 years um, <clears throat> that I've owned my independent agency here in Dallas. 
What are some of the changes that you've seen either through technology or through the concept of insurance and the concept of just working with people really that's changed over the course of the years because everything has changed in the industry in 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 that amount of time? Yeah. So, so several things, you know, when we were smiling and dialing for four hours a night, um, you would just, we just go down the phone book and just call people Mm -hmm. and people would, you know, they'd answer the phone at home and they'd give you their social security numbers and they'd give you their date of birth. And then they'd invite you into their home. And I'd sit there with their, you know, their baby on the lap and the dog, petting the dog, filling out the applications. And, you know, you left career school with a Polaroid camera. So the applications were like these big 11 by 17 ledger sheets and you filled them out. And then you had to tear out the carbon paper and flip it around and put the carbon paper back in in the correct manner. (laughs) So you could fill out the other part and then you'd staple it all together with your Polaroid and mail it off. And then if you skipped a box, they'd mail it back. And so then when the policy was issued, you'd have to have a girl who literally did nothing all day, but pull staples, separate out the file copy from the lien holder copy from the client copy and get it all mailed back out. And you had file cabinets full of paper files. So then, then the company said, well, you know, you guys can get into our mainframe, but you got to each lease an AS400 or a System 36. We each had our basically this huge, powerful computer in our office and a noisy dot matrix printer. So we all did that for a while. And then the day came when they said, you know, we, we're going to get on the internet. And they sent every farmer's agent a Dell computer and wow. said, this is the way we really want you to go. And eventually, you know, forced us all to go that way. So, and now today I can literally run my agency from my phone, you know, yeah. between my, my voice over IP system and my texting system and my quoting system, I, I can literally be anywhere and transact business. So you know, but, but calling people, that's kind of changed too. Cause at first, you know, you had to call at night cause that's where they were. And then people got cell phones, but they didn't want you to call them cause you know, you'd use up the minutes. So don't yep. use up my minutes. Don't call me. And so, but then it kind of swung back the other way where it's like my cell phone's the only way to contact me. And I know I can, I can call you or text you 24 seven. You're going to see my message. So then you've gone from, you know, leaving voicemail to sending a text to now you can drop ringless voicemail, you can schedule text, put them on drip campaigns. They, they just really can't escape now. They <laughs> <laughs> really can't escape. I also find it's harder to get people to pick up the phone now compared to what yeah. it used to be too. People, people used to pick up the phone and then everybody got caller ID and people yep. would kind of screen their calls or they'd let things okay. go to voicemail and they'd listen to the answering machine and then they'd pick up if they really wanted to for a little bit too. And, you know, and and it's, it's interesting, the kind of the cycle, we get this new technology, it, everybody embraces it, everybody thinks it's the coolest, newest thing, and then they start thinking, oh, too many people are using it, and then they start screening things, and then they call you back if they want to, or whatever, and then, you know, same thing with text, oh, text me, now all of a sudden, it's, no, I get too many texts, you know, and now people are starting to screen texts, you know, and, and it, it's kind of funny how that cycle has happened multiple times on home phones versus cell phones versus texting versus, you know, all these, all these different aspects. Social media. I communicate with more clients via Facebook messenger 
you know, I'm friends on Facebook with all of my clients because I, I want to know what's going on with them. I want to know that their dog died. I want to know, you know, that their kids got an award in school. You know, that's how you, you find out what's going on with them. So yeah, I do a ton of business with Facebook messenger and just, they know they can find me and, and I don't have to give them my cell phone. Um, but they can always message me on Facebook. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I love the fact that you've also grown with the times. I think there's a lot of agents, especially after they hit that 20 year mark that they sit back and they say, I'm done. You know, I'm, I've, I built my agency. I'm good, you know, kind of thing. And they, they start kind of what I call coasting. And so they don't embrace new technologies. They don't embrace new clients on that new technology. They think, Oh, that's for the younger agents. That's for those, those newer people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the agency becomes stale and it becomes to where it's not growing anymore and it's not attracting great talent as far as other producers. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it doesn't grow with the community. And if it doesn't grow with the community, then our clients see us kind of the same way as yeah. dodgy or, um, or whatever. And so have you, have you kind of seen that with other agents maybe that you've been able to keep up and keep that relationship a little bit more fresh with your clients? Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, I, there's, there was an agent whose offices you know, had, had incredible production. And so I just called one day and said, can I just come see and see how you do stuff? So he's showing me around his office and he's like, and this is the file room. And I'm like, dude, what do you, what do you file it? Who files stuff anymore? I mean, you don't want to pay somebody to put paper files. So, I mean, we scan everything and it all lives in our Dropbox. So, you know, it's online and, and on the farmer's server. And so, yeah, you just, you just, you know, his, his staff was sitting there with their, their shoulders crunched up to the phone or with little tiny screens. I'm like, sir, you have to get, you know, wireless headsets. You've got to have dual monitors. You know, I've got, I've got dual monitors. I wish I could have three or four. I have so much crap open on my desktop all day. Yeah. So so I could live without it. Yeah. So just, just embracing that technology and, you know, now there's the technology to, to schedule texts and put people on a drip campaign and drop ringless voicemails um, you know, cause nobody, nobody wants to get, you know, you, you stand at your mailbox and just drop junk mail and insurance solicitations in the trash. Nobody reads a letter. Um, and so I, you know, I've learned that if I am sending marketing stuff, I send it with the postcard because I at least got a 50% chance they're going to glance at it. But if they get an envelope from somebody they don't know, it's going in the trash. So you just, you just okay. have to learn to adapt and that's just kind of where my my advertising training kicks in because my my brain just kind of thinks like that. So, absolutely. So, how has like you, like you just said, your advertising brain you, it works a little bit differently maybe than other than other uh, agents. So, how like like we just kind of mentioned, I like the idea of the postcard. We do a lot of postcards on our end. We do postcards for renewal, new business. We do it like twice a year and for a couple of holidays. Where do you feel like you maybe do business a little bit differently, either with 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 the background that you have with marketing? How do you feel like you approach clients and or the marketing process, even the client retention process, maybe differently than other agents might do? Absolutely. So so when I first got into insurance, I, I had had back in back in my past life, I had my home with one carrier. I had my car with another carrier. One of them was unfortunately farmers. And my life insurance with another place. Not once did any of those people ever call me and say, hey, you're missing out. You know, can we review your policies? You're missing out on discounts. I, I ran my business out of my home for a couple of years. 
never occurred to me that that was a liability risk that somebody might not like my cat jumping in their lap while we're <laughs> talking about their project. Um, I just had, I had nobody to help me. And then when I got divorced, the life insurance guy, he knew that, but he never once said, Hey, let's, let's look at your policy. And, you know, we had it set up for, you know, the wife of a, of a, of a government employee. So you're kind of set with the pension, but now you're on your own. So when I learned all this, it really made me mad that these guys had not, and they were all men, that these guys had not taken the time and the courtesy to learn about me and mm -hmm. to help me make good insurance decisions. So I, my, my goal was, I said, I'm going to be the kind of agent I wish I had. So I've always been in, it's not salesy. It's just very instructional. So I basically, I have two prime directives and I tell everybody this up front. One, I'm going to do what's best for you, even if it doesn't benefit me. And the other is I don't want to be embarrassed if there's a claim. So I am not afraid to have some, but to tell somebody, you know what, you want cheap coverage. If you have a claim, you're not going to be happy. You are not a good fit for me. There's, there's a dozen other farmers agents who will write this. There's a thousand other insurance agents who will write this. I'm not writing this. So I always tell them my grown up clients have 500, 500 and an umbrella because <laughs> I am not embarrassed in a bit of claim. We're so, not going to play so, with any children today. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's how I've approached sales. Um, I, every, Every quote, I do a little uh, video on Screencast-O-Matic or I do a Zoom call with them, you know, because nobody wants to come in and have you breathe on them these days. So, I mean, right. when everything shut down last year, I just kept going. Yeah. You know, I, I still did appointments by Zoom. I still did the video quotes. So if somebody, you know, we're quoting the home, we're quoting the auto, we're quoting the umbrella, we're finding out if they need, you know, life insurance, if they have boats, that's, it's, it's like a 20 minute, 15 to 20 minute video and I send the video link and I don't send the PDFs because right. I, I want them. And I can tell from the app if they've watched it. So once they've watched it, then we'll, you know, tweak changes and send the PDFs. But otherwise, I mean, you know, they just look at the bottom line and go, oh, well, you're $10 more right. expensive. You know, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. So I really sell them on the value. And I have a crazy high retention rate because, I mean, they, you know, farmers is not always very competitive in this market, but people stay with me because they know I've got them. And I, I've worked enough tornadoes, you know, to tell them that on the worst day of your life, you want somebody to come in and say, don't worry about this. We got this. And you don't want to say, gee, I saved a hundred dollars a year, but now I'm screwed if something happens. So, right. so that's how I approach that just from day one. And I love that you've embraced video too, because I think a lot of people are scared about video. We're finding, um, you know, whatever we hire people or um, just new people that we bring on, they're very apprehensive about video. And it takes a while to get our teams ready for that because I mean, we might be okay with video, you know, we're, um, but a lot of women especially feel like, oh, they've got to have their makeup done. They've got to have this done. They've got to have that done. And the whole concept of being able to um, get in and be able to really connect with the client by video is so much more effective. People want to see your face. People want to see your 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 um, body language. They want to see how you come across. Yeah. They want to connect with you. Yeah. And especially today when so much is done by text and by email and in such impersonal ways, 
Um, I think that it's so awesome to do that by video. How have you been able to, I mean, what is your, you, how do you prep people to receive a video? Because one thing that I find is that whenever I say, Hey, I'm going to send you a link. It's going to have a video. I've got to prep people for that conversation so that they open the link because yeah. otherwise some people are thinking that we're sending them, you know, something that's a, you know, a virus or something. It's yeah. not like it used to be, but how do you, how have you made video a really integral part of your, of your business? Cause I mean, I think that's really, I'm not going to say the wave of the future because it's already here. I don't think it's the wave of the future. I think it's the wave of now and maybe even yeah. like last year, but it's, we're in the middle of it at least. Yeah. So, so now it, it all goes back to setting expectations on the initial phone call, you know, whether we're calling them from a lead or they're just cold calling us. You know, I, I think I spend a stupid enough amount of time on Facebook that I come up real high when you Google insurance agents in my town. So um, I get a lot of calls from just people Googling me. Um, so we set that expectation up front after we take the information and it's more than just, you know, give me your name, give me your date of birth. Do you have any kids? You know, we really take the time to find out, you know, tell me about you before I even start with the quote, tell me about you, you know, are you moving here for work or family? You have dogs. You, what do you do? Really? That's so interesting. How did you get into that? And, and it's a 30 minute conversation. So if they think, oh, I'm just going to look at a chart and give them a rate, you know, I don't work like that. So I set that expectation up from the beginning. Once we've taken the rate, I've taken the information and, and I trained my staff to where I want them to get to the end of the call and go, wait a minute, you didn't ask me anything, but it's all just come about from a conversational standpoint. And you're yeah. asking, you know, who do you, you know, what, what kind of work do you do? Well, we have, we have affinity discounts, you know, so certain occupations, but instead of just saying, you know, are you one of these things? You know, what do you do? And why, you know, why are you moving here? So you've been here for family. Well, that tells me there's probably adult children with grandchildren. You know, it just, yeah. it just lets me completely underwrite the account. What do you do for fun? You know, uh, we have a boat really. Okay. Now we need to do the boat insurance. We need to be sure and put that on your umbrella, you know? So I kind of prep that up front and I, and I, and then I say, I'm going to be different. You're probably calling around for a lot of quotes. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm different from any other agent you've talked to today. So number one, you know, I'm going to do what's best for you. Even if it doesn't benefit me, if we are not a good fit for you, I'm going to educate you on what you have and tell you, you need to fix it, but you know, stay where you are. And number two, I'm not going to be embarrassed if there's a claim. So I'm not going to write junk, you know, I'm going to write the good stuff. And so if you want the good stuff, you're going to, you're going to be good with me. And so I'm not just going to fling out a PDF and hope that you try to make sense of all the numbers. I'm going to do a video. I'll send you a link and I'll, I'll text you once I've emailed it. Cause you know, most of the time it goes into spam. So we send a text afterwards saying, Hey, just sent the quote, check your email. Um, and so you watch that. And then when you've watched it, let me know and we'll make any changes you want and, and go from there. So I, I prep them from the very first phone call to what to expect. And I tell them, I'm different. You know, you, when you're in my agency, you're part of my family. So I want to know, you know, when your dog dies and when you're, you know, you've been, you've been sick or something like that. I, I'd like to know that. Cause I mean, we send sympathy cards and get well cards and, you know, we're, we're very high touch. So, you know, if, if you're one day late on a payment, we're on the phone, you know, are you okay? You normally pay on time. Is everything okay? Is there you know, something we can do? Um, you know, so we will send a we'll send a meal or something or we'll send a box of cookies or you know, 
I go to a lot of funerals, you know, when they, when they pass away or their family passes away. And uh, last summer I was honored. I had two um, clients, children that basically have grown up with me, get married. And I was invited to the wedding. Oh, wow. That was was such an honor. And, and one of them was, was an Asian family. And so my husband and I are sitting there at the reception and they're all going, who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm the family insurance agent because I not only insured the family as the kids grew up and got, I, I insure all them and, and all life insurance and their homes and their autos. And it's just, I'm the family insurance agent. So yeah. it, it was just such an honor to be included as part of the family. Um, but that's, I just prep them for that from the beginning. This is how I operate. So yeah. that's, I'm not a good fit for everybody. So I love that. I love that. I love that. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So where do you see insurance going? Because I think... A lot of, I mean, I have this conversation with my kids. My kids are 22 and 27. And we talk about, you know, they, they, they've grown up with all the ads on TV, right? The caveman and Geico and, and progressive with flow and the Gitchy, the Gitchy, um, you know, 15 minutes can save you 15%. Right. And they've, they've grown up with all of that. And they've grown up with the fact that insurance agents or insurance companies are the primary advertisers at sporting events and football games and things like that, you know, um, where do you see the insurance agency going in the future compared to the direct writers compared to the fact that a lot of even, even the larger companies are going more towards a call center type environment and that personal touch, like you said, of being that family insurance agent to where you're, you know, you, your kids and, and everybody just trusts you and they trust yeah. your team. And yeah. how do you see that that's changing? And how do you see that people are loving the insurance agent and the agency channel or maybe getting away from it? And how do you see that the insurance agents can really, I think we need to be able to create a hybrid perspective of an easy technological approach to being able to come into the agency structure. How do you see the future of the insurance agency with where our culture is going with insurance? Sadly, I, I think it's not going to look good. I just, I really don't. Um, You know, there's, there's probably always going to be a niche for people who want personal service, you know, anymore, you know, we don't, my company requires us to have a storefront, but nobody comes in here. And, you know, when, when we locked our doors a year ago, you know, my business just kept on going. So there, there will be, you know, a certain segment that want that, but sadly those people are, they're my generation, they're aging out. And so um, it's, I'm afraid that when, if something bad happens to you, you're going to learn a lesson the hard way that you took the cheap road out and you didn't have, you'll be right back where I was 
25 years ago, having somebody just sell me a policy and not really get to know me and make sure it's a correct fit. So, you know, people, people buy with their checkbooks and not really think about the risk and they're, they don't hit. It's, it's like just going out and, and getting a prescription, whether it's going to kill you or cure you, you just saw an ad for it. And so you go to your doctor and say, Hey, I want this. And if he says, if you take that, you will die. And like, no, but I saw the ad for it. This is what I want. No doctor is going to prescribe that. So I'm right. going the same way. If you don't have an advisor to keep you out of trouble, it, it could be bad. So I'm, I'm sad that, that the, the future generation is not seeing that. And they're not being taught that in schools. You know, there's just no um, financial education and they come out of school and the parents are like, go get your own. So they just call 1-800-CHEAP-INSURANCE. They're like, yeah, okay, I have a policy, but yeah. not realizing that you have now risked your entire financial future. I mean, you get a judgment against you and your insurance company pays 25000 and says, see ya, we're done. And now yeah. you're there garnishing your wages. And in our state, there's no limit. They can garnish your wages 30% for the rest of your life wow. um, for you to pay that off. Whereas if you just had somebody go, you know, for $10 more a month, you'd have better coverage. Yeah. But yeah. No, and I agree. I agree with that. I, but I do also think that by agents really embracing things like video, social media, um, we have to be able to be out there as they advocate for the client a lot more, either through YouTube videos or through education. And we have to be a lot more intentional than agents had to be 25 years ago before, you know, we had our offices and people walked in or we went to their houses or, you know, we, we created that personal relationship. We could call them on the phone and we created that personal relationship that way. Now there's so many barriers to that, that unless they see us, on YouTube, on Facebook, on here, on there, and they get stuff by postcards and they, you know, unless they see it 18 different times, then it really, you know, they're going to go to to those other, these other call center type situations because the threshold for entry is so low there and the premiums are, are, are so low and so un, um, consultative to where they could just go, okay, you're driving that 2021 BMW. No problem. We're going to put you with state minimums, you know, and as long as this meets your pocketbook, then we're going to go ahead and we're going to do it. And, you know, I think that the flooding of the market of all the advertising has really confused people and it's um, made people shiny object driven to where they're going to go ahead and go with the the coolest person who sings the neatest jingle, right? That sticks in their head at 3 a.m. You know, when they, when they think, Oh, I want to go buy a new car. And, and that's, you know, we have to find a way, you know, part of the problem I think is, is that we just don't have the marketing budgets that a lot of these huge companies have that with the call centers and so forth. We just don't have the marketing budget to be at every single sporting event and every single blah, blah, blah. But if we can distinguish ourselves through videos, through that consultative approach, then people who really care are going to be able to say, hey, I want to protect this. You know, I want to make sure that I'm not underinsured and I want to make sure I'm not going to end up, you know, with my wages garnished. And, and those, are the, those are the people you want because those are the people who will stay with you. But yeah, finding the folks who will sit down and listen to what you say and take it to heart and spend a little more money. Um, but I mean, I tell people, you, you know, when you when you went to the car lot, you didn't say, I don't care what kind of car, just drive me out the cheapest car you got. And when you bought your house, you didn't go to the realtor and say, I don't care how many bedrooms, bathrooms, I don't care what neighborhood, just 
write me up the cheapest house that's listed on the MLS. You didn't do that. And you don't go into the restaurant and say, yeah, just bring me the cheapest thing on your menu. You know, you're in a steakhouse, but you're not just going to get a hamburger patty. So you're going to go for quality and you want features and you want service. And insurance should be the same way. You should, you should ask for the service, you know, ask the company, what kind of adjusters do you have? You know, when, uh, uh, I worked the tornado down in Moore in 2013 and, um, you know, farmers may not be the cheapest, but they sure know how to do claims. And so we had our big bus and we had a tent and we had food trucks and we were feeding people and we were giving people debit cards. Cause if you don't have a car to get to the bank, you're not going to be able to cash a check. Um, so we were really taking care of people and every other company was literally two guys in a pop-up tent. You know, and so the morning after that tornado, 200 farmers agents walked the streets of Moore. We had, they had overlaid the tornado path with the map of our customers. So we knew right where our clients' houses were. We walked there, we found out where they were. We filed the claims. By the end of the second day, our claims were filed. Our people were paid. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of companies were just getting started. So we really know how to take care of our people. And isn't that the whole point of having good insurance is that when something bad happens, we can go, don't worry about it. You're covered. And, you know, yeah. I, back years and years and years ago, um, <clears throat> back in 1998, I actually had a house fire. And um, the, the cars actually blew up in the garage and the whole house had to be demolished down to the foundation. They literally went through everything with a bulldozer. And I, and I always say the last time that you want to wonder if you have good insurance is when your cars blow up in your garage and your house burns down. You don't have cars. You don't have, you know, you don't have a home. You don't have any possessions. You don't. And you don't need at two o'clock in the morning to be standing across the street, watching your house burn, wondering at that moment, if you had good coverage and, you know, we want to make sure you're covered ahead of time and taking that pre underwriting approach, you know, um, which I, I hate that term, but that that's, I mean, essentially in the insurance industry, that's what that is, you know, really helps me sleep at night so that I know that my clients are totally taken care of. And, you know, that's to me, the really important part of bringing value into this industry and overcoming the call center conversation. Right. And, and twice I've, I've had the privilege of being there as the fire department left and being mm-hmm. with the family as they walked through their burned house for the first time. I, I was there, yeah. you know, and people have called me on the side of the road and there's nobody to come help me. You know, I will go there and be with them until we can, you know, get somebody to help them. So you're not going to get that from an 800 number. So I just, I just try to sell, you know, the personal touch. And I just set that expectation up front that, you know, we're going to be family now we're, we're, we're engaged. And once we write this policy, we are married. So I need to be, I need to know what, what, and sometimes people just call and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, my, my, my mother died and I'm really upset. And, and it's like, they, they thought enough of me as family to call me and just tell me that and just, you know, I care how they are. They care how I am. Um, it, it, it's just, it's, it's just so gratifying. It's like every time I, I hang up from a review and I'm real big on reviews too. I tell them that too. It's not just to set it and forget it. You know, we're going to call you in 90 days to go over it. And then we're going to call you after the first year. And then we're going to call you every year or two after that. And I'm just going to go through this like it's a brand new policy. And cause I almost always can find a way to improve it. We can, we can apply a discount. We can get a coverage in that we didn't know, yep. you know, we didn't have on there. 
because we don't want to wait till there's a claim and go, oh crap, did we not put that on there? Dang it. Right. You know, so again, I don't want to be embarrassed that there's a claim. So we're going to, we're going to do this just like your dentist wants you to come in for a checkup. We're going to do an insurance checkup because you, you almost always find a kid about to drive or, you know, the, a divorce about to happen or a new ring or, you know, thinking about buying a boat and, oh, I didn't know you guys did boat insurance. And mm-hmm. so just, just kind of letting them know, reminding them that, you know, we think about insurance 24 seven, but they don't, but it, that's yeah. my job is to think about it. And you don't have to worry about it. Cause I'm worried about it for you. Right. So just, just letting them know I'm, I'm here for them. And how have you seen women's roles in the insurance industry really change over the course of the last 25 years? Because oh. I think I think it used to be, and I think it less is a man's driven industry. I think we're really seeing women kind of come into play. What are you kind of seeing on your end of the insurance industry? Oh, it's 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 come such a long ways. When I started 25 years ago, my district was 35 men and me. And and I remember wow. one, one of the first um like contests we had um you know if you wrote a life insurance policy you got to blow a dart and at a prize and i just went i am not doing that <laughs> and they're like well why not we i'm like i am not doing that and all the prizes were neckties and golf balls and they just didn't know what right. to do with me and so there has been a you know i'm i'm so gratified to see this is a great place for women to be because i think a lot of people would rather deal with women. You know, I think men know that women are more attention to detail and they're going to be more caring. And then oftentimes a woman um, coming out of a bad relationship does not want to talk to a man. They don't want to trust a man. They right. want to deal with the woman. So I I've, have found it a huge advantage um, in this business to be a woman. And, you know, you go to the conferences and there's really no lines at the bathroom. So that's, sure. that's another good thing. <laughs> Right. I love that. I love back, that. Uh, back when I was doing computer training, speaking of that, uh, yeah, I would go to people's houses and I mean, they would pay me two or $300. And so people started asking, can, can you take credit cards? So I go to my banker and I say, I need one of those, you know, credit card machines that you chink, chink, you know, you right. put the carbon in and run the thing back and forth. And so he called the credit card company and, and said, you know, she needs to carry this machine around. You know, they said, well, does she have a store? No, she's carrying this machine around in the car. And they said, is she a hooker? Because the <laughs> oh had to tell the credit card company I was not a hooker because they could not imagine why I would need a credit card machine in my car. So, <laughs> and this was, this was the early nineties. So not all that long ago, but oh my that's, goodness. that's how a woman in business was, was thought of back then because why else would you need a credit card machine in your car if you weren't a hooker? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, wow. I wouldn't even, that wouldn't even, wow. I can't even, <laughs> I wonder if that was that prevalent back then. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Wow. Well, you know what? You have been amazing, Michelle. Thank you so much. This um, can, I, can I talk real quick about my statue? Oh, that's kind, of, that's kind of what you what what caught your eye about me. Absolutely, bring it on. Absolutely, you, you'd posted one day. How did you get into this? And I put a picture of my statue out front. And so um, Edmund has a program, a public art program, and you pay for half, and the city will pay for half, and you can put up whatever kind of artwork anywhere you want or in front of your business. And so for my 20th anniversary, 
as an agent, I found a statue and she's called You Go Girl. And she was just a desktop statue, but the uh, artist made her life-size. She's as tall as I am. She weighs more than I do, fortunately. But <laughs> she's kind of an abstract piece, but she's got her, her briefcase in one hand and her little mm -hmm. kid is flying out from behind her and her hair's on fire. So I always tell people this this is kind of a, a picture of how I started my agency is, is my, you know, I, I was doing business. I was trying to take care of my kid. He would, he would trudge to my office after school every day and fold letters and do filing. He hated every minute of it, but he still prides himself that he can fold a perfect third um, <laughs> paper and thirds to go in an envelope. But, um, but yeah, I dress her up for different holidays. And, and if anybody goes to my um, uh, Facebook page, Michelle Schaefer farmers insurance, um, you'll see the pictures of her dressed up. So she's, she's fun. We have fun with her, but she's called you go girl. I love that. I love that. I think it's really cool that your city does that too. Yeah. So that you can be able to put something out that's so, in, in, you know, inspiring, you know, for women everywhere, you know, no matter what their industry is, but I think that is fabulous. Well, and I do remember you bringing that up because I was, I thought, I thought who in the heck has a statue out in front of their office that they were able to, to, to help create and be a part of. And, yeah. and I think that's that, what, what a nice, awesome, lasting impression on your community. And I think that's it wonderful. Is. It is. I'm, and I'm always happy to be a mentor to, to women agents and just women in business. And, you know, there's, there's enough business out there for all of us. So we need to support each other. And uh, you just, you know, you just never know who you're going to need. So, I mean, my, my thing is I, I'm, I'm nice to everybody. There was, there was another uh, uh, farmer's agent that started up and she was like two blocks from my office, which really isn't allowed, but I went over and I brought her a gift and welcomed her. And she says, God, I thought you'd be, you know, competitive. I went, no, we need to help each other. And so she went on to not be a farmer's agent, but to have another agency and we've been good friends. And then she married my landlord. So I always, I always tell people, this is my, this is my poster child for being nice to everybody. Cause if I had not been nice to her, imagine how high my rent would be these days. Right. I love it. I love be it. nice that to everybody because karma, you know, it, it will come around and help yes. you out. So you, everything comes full circle one way or another, it, it right? It really does. It really does. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for sharing with us today, your journey, oh. your, your awesome story, your awesomeness about your, uh, statue and how you've been able to really make a great living and a great life, encouraging others within the insurance community. And I really, really appreciate that. If people want to reach out to you, how would you suggest that they do that? Any way you can find me. My office number is 405-340-4998. Um, I'm on Facebook. Just find me on Facebook. Message me. That's probably the best way, sadly, to get a hold of me. Um, is on Facebook, or you can just, you know, look at Michelle Schaefer Farmers Insurance and find my farmers page. Um, so yeah, please reach out to me if there's something I can help you with in staffing or technology. I feel like, I feel like one of these days I'm going to write a manifesto called here's why you can't get a job of all the people I've interviewed and the, the mistakes Great that thing. people make in applying for a job and interviewing for a job and working in an office is, it's it's sad the generation that's coming up and what what we have to try to hire from the pool we have to try to hire from it's gotten so that's probably the hardest thing with this industry is finding the right team for you i agree finding the right people that's, for that's a whole nother podcast it is it is I, I agree that that is probably one of the hardest things about owning a business in general but especially in, i think in the insurance industry yeah. so 
Well, thank you so much. Everybody, this is the Power Women in Insurance podcast. We are excited to talk to a new Power Woman every single week, every single Wednesday. Uh, go ahead and subscribe here. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Spotify and everywhere else that you can go ahead and stream your local podcasts. Everybody, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next week.